At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it's Sean, and I am here to introduce yet another bonus episode of the Real Blend Podcast, this time our interview with Johannes Roberts, the director and writer of Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. That is a mouthful. Um, so this is a reboot of the Resident Evil franchise, and is uh, it is a bit of a throwback to the adaptations of the first two games, uh, definitely getting away from the, um, the earlier films in the franchise and really trying to establish itself on its own. And as you're going to see over the course of this interview, uh, Johannes is just a, an, an enormous fan of the games and really went to great lengths to make sure that he recreated uh, the worlds and the characters and a lot of the situations from the classic uh, Capcom video game. So if you grew up playing those games or if you're a rabid fan of those, uh, I think you're really going to find something interesting in, uh, in the film Welcome to Raccoon City for various reasons. And then also one of the things we had to get into with him is just the punishing uh, in environmental situation that he put himself in because the entire film takes place at night and in the rain. Uh, so he has some amazing stories about trying to put that together. So uh, without further ado, a bonus episode of Real Blend coming at you guys. Johannes Roberts, the writer and director of Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. I feel like we're in a, a Wall Street, like you're going to ask me some uh, business tips. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I've got. I've got nothing but very hard business questions. And uh, so I hope you prepare for 30 minutes of them. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, Johannes, uh, this is the Real Blend Podcast. We are a filmmaker driven podcast, so we want to get as geeky as possible. Yeah. Uh, with you, and we really appreciate you taking the time to join us. I got—I have to start here. Um, you're coming off of two 47-meter-down movies, uh, which involve tons of water. Yes. And then you take on Raccoon City, and Rain is a is an actual character in your movie. Yeah. It's yeah. just—it's relentless, but it's absolutely necessary. Uh, and in talking to your cast, they talked about just how wet and cold it was. So I need to know at what point uh, in this process, when you were firing up the rain machines yet again, uh, did you look around and just think maybe this wasn't the best idea? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was 
stupid. <laughs> you know what? It was like, I I knew, you know, I was so obsessed with this, uh, the reboot of the second game while we were writing the script. Um, and I just became obsessed. I'm, I'm such a big Carpenter fan that I was like, it's Assault Precinct 13. It's going to happen over one night. This is how it's going to be. Uh, and I was like, it's got to rain. It's got to rain. And people were like, yeah, yeah, you realise... Like, you're going to be in Sudbury, four hours outside Toronto, minus 10. This is all night. I mean, how are you going to do this? And I was like, I can do this. I've done underwater. I know what I'm... Holy <laughs> shit, that was the... <laughs> it, I have never, ever in my life been so cold and miserable and damp. And, and it was just... You know, it was things that I never even... I thought I was an expert at, you know, like crazy filming. And it's just... Like we would do a scene like that. there's a, a scene where um at the beginning where the truck driver and uh and Claire Redfield Kaya uh and it um hit hit a woman and and it sort of starts the movie and it's basically from the second game. Mm. And it started snowing and then raining and then snowing. So there's a whole takes of it where it's actually completely snow, um, which we couldn't use. And uh, uh, but anyhow, the rain's there. Sometimes the rain machines were freezing, so we had to then stop that. And and then Kaya comes out and she's like, it's like fire starter or something. She's on smoke coming out because she's because like she's body heat. So cold. And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck do I do now? Yes, of course. Yes, please. But you know, as a director, you're like, ah, oh, they didn't teach you this in film school. Right. <laughs> walking around, plumes of steam coming off her. And I'm like, this looks crazy. And the dog then, you know, you have the the dog come out and the dog's like, yeah, fuck this. And goes back into the cab. <laughs> mean, mean looking dogs were like, yeah, no, no. And we had a couple of them, you know, to try. They were like, you've got to be kidding me. We're not doing this. Right? What it's divas. They were back they, in their trailer. I mean, so you see when, when you see the movie, like the truck driver's like wrestling with the dog to bring it back to the truck. But actually, he's not. He's wrestling to keep it there. So, yeah. This is why the sequel is going to be called Welcome to Raccoon Island, and it's going to be set yeah. on this tropical island, and it's going to be sunshiny, and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a completely new twist on Resident Evil. I, I, that was, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was brutal. Like, yeah, it was, it was like a, a sort of, Herzog movie, but, but worth it. No, worth it though. It yeah, looks, yeah. it looks good. It looks right, good. right. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I got to tell you, man. As as a massive fan of of these games, I grew up playing them. Uh, I just wanted to just say thank you for just sticking to the plot of the games. One of my pet peeves is so many directors they adapt a video game and then they completely change the whole reason why we love the game to begin yeah. with. That, that's yeah. my biggest fear on Metal Gear Solid is like, please just 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 stick to the stick to the yeah. plot. I'm just sort of curious yeah. why you think it's taken this long. For us to get the house, like it's all I've wanted is to see this house on the big yeah, screen. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? I do. I think. I think really, what the key is is like twenty years ago when 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 Paul first started, you know, the previous franchise with with Mila, that the 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 world was different, and people didn't really respect the source material, mm -hmm. and and. Gamers don't didn't necessarily come out to the cinema, and so it was just like take the IP and go with it, run with it, you know. And they obviously with the previous franchise was super successful for that, but the, the world has changed now. Like, and people have realised that, like, 
game was on a path of power. You know, on Sonic, they 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 got the studio to, to redesign the damn hedgehog. You know, yeah, true. You know, they, they have like real power, and they come out, and they're passionate, and uh, yeah, my big thing, you know, as a gamer myself, I was like, look, let's let's have let's be nerds, let's enjoy this, and it got more and more. It was a weird thing where we would f- feed off the games. Like I'm very, very apprehensive about ever doing a fan service movie because I just don't think you know what people want. You know how they uh, react to the game themselves. You know what period in the life they were playing it and all that kind of stuff. So you can only do what you as a fan would want to do. Mm. But while we were filming, like posts would come up on Reddit. People would be would be um, you know, stuff would leak out and stuff, and they'd get so super excited about the detail about the police station or the truck or the house, you know, whatever it might be. And that got us going, you know, it's so exciting as a director to be like, oh, like people are loving it. And it would almost, we'd kind of feed off each other. I'd be like, okay. You're the well, first director to get excited over leaks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where the hell were these? I'd see stuff. <laughs> that guy got a better angle than i did (laughs) um but yeah i think it's just my direction to the cast and to the crew you know dp production designer is fall in love with the games we don't it doesn't have to we're not doing a cosplay thing we don't have to just put the games on screen because we need to do more than that and we need to make it different but fall in love with it and if that love comes through on screen then, you know, people will understand that, fans and no fans. Um, and, yeah, we just treated it like a, a novel, you know, as if I was adapting a Stephen King wow. uh, novel. We, we, it was like, okay, let's, you know, let's be as faithful as we can whilst being cinematic, you know. Ooh, now I want to see you adapt Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, let's make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to get into the really sexy topic of uh, Foley work because the, yours is fantastic. Um, Amazing. Yeah, and uh, so I just want to know some of the weird things you might have done to capture your zombie sounds, because they are, there's one in particular that Jake and I were geeking out about before we even got on here, which is uh, unnerving, and I don't want to give it away, but it's just, you know, it, it's it's a zombie eating, basically, right. <laughs> and, and at that moment, I was like, I'm so glad I'm in a theater listening to this. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the sound was obviously huge on this. The, I think probably the funniest thing about the whole Foley side of it is, is when it was first done and we did the first pass and, and the guys um, uh, um, did, did just an amazing, uh, um, an amazing job on it. We, we listened to it and it was like, look, this is great, but these zombies sound really sophisticated. Mm. Like, I want to go back to the game. And it really, we really had to, work hard to get that you know that kind of sound (laughs) when you played the first game you would just hear and it was so raw and rudimentary that you would you'd be like no you can't use that that is terrible that sounds terrible i'm like no that sound that gets me there you know when i hear it like down a corridor and um so um yeah it was a lot of it was with weirdly stripping it back and trying with with the whole filmmaking process with a big thing to make everything raw very retro like like the the style of the movie is very retro very 70s but the techniques and the the both with sound with music with camera was very 
like the equipment we were using was deliberately like I banned drones, no drones on the movie, no CGI camera moves where it would go through a door round up and down. Like, like just keep everything like on the zoom lens, you know, like I remember with Maxine, my DP, we did a shot at the beginning where it goes from one side of the ward to the other. And of course it's a long shot and then the camera moves a little, especially with the equipment we have. Yeah. And he's like, obviously, you know, afterwards, you know, he's Italian. He'd be like, you go in and you'll make it pin sharp, you know, cause that's what you do these days. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure we will. Sure we will, Maxine. And then when we get in there, I'm like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Slightly, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sort of, sort of 70s vibe. So again, with the sound, it was very raw sound, you know, I mean, I mean, there's some beautifully sophisticated stuff, but, but I tried to really kind of keep it kind of stripped to this kind of really 70s vibe to it. That's I awesome. love that, love that. This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Power up your favorite characters and build a team to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and even challenge other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly and the meta is constantly evolving. And now you can sign on for Marvel Strike Force's new Deadpool Anniversary event in order to receive a generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, and other great items. Better yet, each week during the Deadpool anniversary, players can complete events and receive even more special rewards and skins. If you want to get in on all the fun of Marvel Strike Force, be sure to use our promo code MAXPOOL, that's M-A-X-P-O-O-L, and thank you to Marvel Strike Force for supporting the show. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. There is a, a quick shot in the film that I that made me scream out loud because I'm pretty sure it's oh, an yeah. Easter egg. We see a zombie eating from from behind, and then he kind of yeah. like turns yeah. around to see. And I was like, "Oh, it's the PlayStation cover. It's the it's yeah, the yeah, cover yeah. of the game." And I was just wondering if that was because it looks like the exact zombie looks like. I was just wondering, like, you know, one, can you tell me about that shot? And then I'm assuming there were probably a thousand Easter eggs I might have missed. There's, yeah, the the whole movie is like the big thing for me was always narrative and human emotion first but once you had laid that down then it was like come on guys let's have fun let's fill every frame every corner you know i like to shoot widescreen you know carpenter style and let's put ev everything let's let's have some fun with with all the the tiniest details that was one thing that that i knew way back in the beginning had to go that scene which is the turnaround zombie which is the first time you see in the games you know 25 years ago when i was a student that was the first time it's like oh it's zombies and it's like oh, okay so we recreated that kind of shot for shot and the guy did i remember him doing the sequence uh and he just he just became this you know we the big thing for us was when we cut when we cast the zombies in, we didn't use extras. So uh we used stunt guys if we had to, but always actors. 
So if we were using stunt guys, they were actors first who had stunt, you know, performing, you know, could, uh, had the stunt certificates and stuff. So it was not just people just running around doing, ah, you know, stuff like that. They, they were proper, you know, really tried to get a, an emotion to these to the zombies. And yeah, that was that was a definite um, Easter egg for the movie. But I mean, you could, you know, point at a frame in that movie, and and there's something like everything, everything from the from the buildings, you know, built off the blueprints from Capcom gave us the blueprints wow. of the computer game. So we we built the the police station and the mansion to the specific. Uh, dimensions of the game you know like, I was probably like as a nerd who when do you ever get this opportunity like mm. you walk in and you go well I you know I I want this like the uh, game and then the person in charge of the money goes okay and you're like oh, I want it exactly <laughs> like the game okay all right well then I want that like the game and it's like okay <laughs> you know, you just suddenly it's like all right okay I'm gonna and you would I would just keep throwing these things out and people would be, you know, Sony and Constantine would just be like, yeah, let's do it. And so it was just, it's like a big kid. It's why you get into doing this shit, you know. Oh, um, it's fantastic. It's very refreshing to hear you say that because, you know, we've seen so many different filmmakers tackling IP that's been around for a little while. Yeah. And you you wrote uh, Welcome to Raccoon City as well, too. So I wanted you to just talk about balancing a movie that has to satisfy multiple different audiences. There's people who, you know, who, who will know and love the game. There are people yeah. who are going to want to check it out because it's the next Resident Evil film and they've seen the other ones before. Yeah. Um, and then there's just total newcomers, you know, who want to go see a horror movie. So how do you even work with satisfying all of those people? Yeah, it, it, it's very tricky. And I think that the thing was is to kind of put that out of your mind and go, look, I'm I'm going to tell this story that I want to tell. I, you know, I, as a student, I grew up with the, with the games. You've given me the keys here. Hmm. Let me just, you know, trust in that I'm like, I'm the audience that you want to go and see this movie. Hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to put on screen what, uh, what I would want to go and see. And, you know, I would show, you know, so it was really, I think the fans led this kind of drive real intense drive to go back to the first two games because it just not been done before so that was great and that kind of led us down a path and then my big thing was just like how are you gonna tell this narrative like it's great like you know doing this stuff that fans love but it's got to be more than the games you know it's it, you because otherwise you might as well play the games. The games are so so visual, so cinematic, you know, with the reboots of, of Resident Evil 2 and, you know, Resident Evil 7, the way, how scary those, those games are. It's like, we've got to offer something different that brings people out uh, to, to the cinema. So it, it's to create an emotionally engaging human narrative that's also terrifying. And it's funny and it's terrifying. And humor was a big thing. I felt like I really wanted to get into this movie. And I think as a big Carpenter fan and as a big Stephen King fan is, is I would approach it looking at it through that, that sort of vision of like, okay, let's, let's, let's do a song precinct 13, basically, you know, we've got this ensemble narrative. Yeah. Let's set it in a Stephen King style town, this small, small kind of creepy town that could be, you know, out of any Stephen King novel. Uh, and then, and then you've got the game, you know, the real love and passion for the game. 
And then it just, it created something that was its own thing, that was was the game, but was more than, you know. And it was lovely, by far the most, like, happy I've ever been on, the, like, excited, was Capcom watching the movie oh, when they came oh, back, because oh, they are so precise on the tiniest details, and so, and they will, like, the giggly kind of enjoyment like it's weird. Like I just sort of assumed Capcom, like as a as a faceless computer game, uh, you know, <laughs> the Umbrella Corporation. Yeah, exactly. somehow I, I kind of thought of them as, and you know, this kind of like excitement over the balance of horror and humor and action, and and that it that it was the games, and it obviously loves the games, but that it was its own thing, and the like, and the characters were their own thing, uh, and yeah. So, it, but it's a, it's a balance, and you know. Uh, I'll only see come, you know, how how well we got that balance right come, you know, the 24th of November. But um, there, yes, you know, everybody's coming at it a different way. I think for me, I the thing that overrides everything is when I go to the cinema to see this kind of thing, doesn't matter what IP it's based on, is the one thing I want over anything else is to be scared. Hmm. I don't care. Like, get me to the cinema and scare me. I will, I'll, I'll run with anything. I'll run with anything. And that was my mantra on this. Like I have my love of the games and I have my love of cinematic, whatever my cinematic influences are. But above all, whether you're a gamer or not gamer, you are coming out to this to, to have the shit scared out of you. And if I have, if I don't achieve that, then, you know, then it's on me, you know. You know, uh, I know that you're trying to get this movie out there and try to tell everyone about this, and it's annoying for me to start looking to the future already, but what yeah, have you thought about... Yeah, I know. What have, what have you thought about how you're going to tackle Nemesis? Ah, <laughs> yeah. We're, we are... We have had very active conversations on where the world goes next. Um it's always something I'm nervous about doing because, you know, like, is it going to curse the, you know, I, I, what I loved about doing this is how close we were to the source material. And so my real belief is that if we go forward into a next chapter, we should again be super close. We should go to the games treat the games as like a series of novels you know this is this is the two towers of our lord of the rings whatever our second one is you know, whatever it should be uh, and, and and really you know really fall in love with what's next i i have a huge soft spot for resident evil 4 because it just sort of changed gaming i think uh and i saw so i i love I love that. There's definitely been talk about Code Veronica, which is a little bit of a bonkers, you know, uh, side game. And then three, you know, they they has is a really interesting one. There's also Resident Evil Zero on the train. Uh, there's 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 a lot there. So there's been there's definitely been active conversations without without you know sort of forming too much along the line. But we, I think we're you know come come Monday. You know, after the weekend, <laughs> you or I tell you what, you, these days you know on the Friday, you know, you're, they're like someone will, will call you and go, "Hey, yeah, you're doing the uh, the 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 sequel," or, or the phone just doesn't ring anymore. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm hoping like there's 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 so much there. There's so much we couldn't put in this one that I I would love to 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 send to the next one. 
uh, building on that then, too, because it sounds so clear from this conversation that you are obviously uh, attention to detail. I have to know there, there's a ton of 1990s references sprinkled yeah. throughout your script. Uh, and I need to know if Raccoon City actually has a blockbuster video and what shape it might be in <laughs> at this point. You know, I used to work in blockbuster. I was terrible. Uh, um, I, uh, a, a terrible blockbuster staff member. Um, I it. It, I imagine it very much has its own uh, its own blockbuster somewhere somewhere uh, in a in a strip mall. Uh, <laughs> in a dying strip mall. Um, Why uh, were you a bad blockbuster employee? Did you make bad recommendations? Well, no. Do you know? I was just yes. I would always be like I. I remember the amount of times. I would be recommending people escape from LA, which had just come out. Right. You know, and it's not necessarily something you should recommend like your average blockbuster. <laughs> like, I've got a new movie, and you know, you've got some woman and child coming in to, to rent, you know, Cinderella or whatever. And they're like, right. really? Yeah. Like, what's this? Yeah, absolutely, you should watch it. Uh, <laughs> um, but it was great. It was good, good times, good times. Three pounds an hour. Um, I do. But, I miss them. I miss them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there is a, a needle drop in this film that actually made me laugh out loud because it was so unexpected. And it, 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 without ruining, it comes with a moment where one of our characters is listening to a Walkman of all things, yes. which is fantastic. And this very 90s song comes on that he's listening to. Yeah. It happens to sort of narrate this big action set piece yeah. that happens. <laughs> yeah. And without yeah. giving away what song it is, because it's so unexpected, I just have to ask, like, where... Like, because obviously you want to choose a song from the era. The film is set in '98. Yeah. But where, where did you land on that song? Like, where, where, like, what was the conversation where you went? This is the yeah. one that's going to narrate this moment. I knew, I knew it before I shot it. Uh, I'm, I'm very, I love music, um, hugely. Uh, whether and and um, I'm so, you know, I'm so hands on with both, with both uh, the. the the score and and the needle drops is, is like I'm so it's so important to me in the in the movie, and I love I love putting these needle drops in, and I just knew that song was my child. You know, was I I was listening to that when I was playing. It's a good song. Yeah, it's a great song, isn't it? I remember <laughs> having to defend it uh, in front of everybody. Like, yeah, but no, it's. <laughs> <laughs> and we just played so we we put that song there and it um it never changed it never uh we never tried anything else um it, it also just, made me look at the character differently because i'm like oh this is what he's choosing to yeah, listen to when he's kind of hanging out at work yeah <laughs> exactly it just felt like i because i i saw that movie through leon's eyes like when i wrote the script uh, Leon was my the character that that enabled me to access the world. Like he was an outsider coming first day in job, disheveled, uh, hungover carpenter antihero, and that was how I got in. And I I met Claire. You know, I I saw all these people through him, and and I just I wanted I wanted that song to <laughs> sort of just. Just be him, you know, and just that kind of like you'd be able to understand this guy. It's sort of like he's just not cool. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, does that mean we're not cool if we like that yeah, song? I, I, I fear. Uh, I fear that's the truth. I sadly, uh, we would be remiss not to talk about Kaya uh, and her performance yes. here. And of course, you know, we're huge horror fans. Uh, we all love the concept of the final girl. 
Uh, and, and and I think she qualifies uh, as one or at least has a lot of the qualities of them. So I just want to talk about some of the discussions you had with her um, and what qualities of a final girl you maybe wanted to have appear in her and maybe have her stand apart from some of the other ones that would, that are beloved. Yeah, it, it was interesting. Kaya, Kaya was the, the first person on to the movie. I, I think very early on, I, I'm good friends with uh, um, Alex Arja, who just done Crawl, the, right. the alligator movie. Oh, I love Crawl. Um, yeah, it's good. It's a great movie. Uh, and I uh, just watched that, and I was like, do you know what? She would be perfect for uh, Resident Evil. So, I, you know, we spoke, and he was just like, look, that was a tough, tough shoot. You know, it's all water, just grueling shoot. And she just rolled up her sleeves, and she just just carried that movie forward. And I was just like, I love the sound of that, you know, because I knew this was going to be brutal. You know, it's height the pandemic you know, minus 10 nights, rain machine, COVID, all the kind of stuff. And I needed someone that could like lead this through with just being, being the character in real life, you know, mm -hmm. someone, no nonsense, just, just, just gets on with it. And I didn't want this kind of LA Hollywood kind of diva-esque person. I needed someone that could just get it. And I, I remember the first time I spoke to her on them, um, on uh, Skype and she, no makeup, glass of wine, and we just sat chatting. And like, you never normally get that. You normally get what well, I've got. I've got one of these here, just here, one of these ring light things. You sure, know, sure. There's, there's all that, like the planning that goes. That's into normally it. what you get from us: no makeup, <laughs> glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm getting. Uh, and yeah, she just pitched up on her sofa with a glass of wine, and and we just chatted. And I was just like, yeah, this is this is a girl that could be be uh claire and she really was she you know we talked about it the big thing was to to uh because kaya wasn't a gamer you know kaya came in uh really only knowing the kind of mila world of 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 resident evil and the big thing was to kind of just re-educate on that in that this isn't about you know, this isn't an action movie. There's a lot of action in it, but it's not an action movie. You're not a superhero. You are vulnerable. You can be killed. Uh, you there, there is human emotions. There are conflicts here with your brother, with with everything that's going on. You are, you are a little crazy in some of your sort of views and uh, conspiracy theories. And, you know, so it was really to try and... Uh, and, and it was the same with all the cast is... is just whenever I would feel them go into like super like action mode, which is quite easy to slip into actually at times in a movie like this, is to just pull it back and 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 just go, look, I need to feel the fear and I need to feel like this is real. What is happening here is real. And that you could, you know, there's real danger uh, around the corner at any moment. And so it was really, that was the, that was the big thing. But she brought a real, just a human kind of, uh, in, just sort of loner intensity to it. I, I liked it. She's kind of a drifter, you know, and I, I really like that kind of thing. It, it has a sort of Western vibe to it, this movie, in, in, a, in a if you look at it in a certain way. And she she really was the sort of drifter coming into town. So that was kind of fun. It was very fun. Johannes, uh, we can't thank you enough for taking the time. Your passion for the game uh, has absolutely bled through in this conversation. <laughs> and so I, I I can't wait for people to come be, get a chance to be able to go see the film coming out on the 24th. So thanks for stopping by Real Blend and I uh, hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, it's lovely chatting to you guys. 
needless to say, we have to thank Sony Pictures for giving us time with Johannes. And of course, thanks to Johannes Roberts for coming on the show to discuss Resident Evil. I have to admit, going into the interview and even going into the film, um, I'm not a huge Resident Evil guy. I was really glad that Jake was there uh, to join me for the interview because he did play the games a ton growing. And Jake's not a gamer in any way, shape, or form. So it's kind of funny that the Resident Evil, uh, and then there's one other game that Jake is a huge fan of. Um, that I know they're making the uh, movie with Oscar Isaac. So when we get around to that, I'm sure Jake's going to be able to chime in. But what would really won me over with Johannes is just um, his passion for the game. Uh, and it really made me appreciate more the type of work that he put into it. The fact that he got the blueprints from Capcom and was able to build out uh, the police department and and the mansion, these, these sets that are integral to the success of the game uh, and bring them to life on screen really did make me appreciate the film more. And I know next time that I check it out, uh, I will be paying attention, more attention to the details that he worked into it uh, because as a newcomer coming through, I just really took it as a zombie film uh, and didn't really realize how much went into the recreations of those sequences. Terrific guest, and his his energy absolutely was infectious. So make sure you go check out Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City, now that you've had a chance to listen to him talk about it. Uh, coming up on the main show, I can't believe we can say this, but Sir Ridley Scott is going to be our guest. So be sure to check out that show when it drops this coming Friday, Black Friday. Uh, maybe while you're out shopping for friends and family, you can pop it into your... Uh, device of choice and listen to our latest podcast. If you're watching us here on the YouTube channel, make sure you go down and hit subscribe, uh, hit your notifications. Every time a new show or interview from Real Blend uh, comes through, you guys will be the first ones to come on over and listen to it. And then just stay tuned as we go through the rest of the uh, award season. We've got a couple of big interviews that we are uh, bringing to the show, uh, full reviews, including the full review of Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City on the next episode. And uh, we'll be back here very soon with more Real Blend for you guys. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.